It is 9.35, and joining me now, our good friend, Master Gardener, Barb Lampson. And Barb, I'm singing the joy, the good news of some rain. Boy, you know, my rain barrels are full again. That makes me happy, and I didn't have to go out and water everything. Yeah, and you know what? For the first time in a long time, I wore my rubber boots this morning (laughs) out in the yard. I was up at 6 a.m., just anxious to see what was going on. And it's so amazing when I go outside and my bird bath is full to the brim with water, you know, that that, that it doesn't empty, that it didn't evaporate during the night. Right. So. And we're <clears> expecting <throat> more rain now. It's the hail and things, the, the winds that I don't, would, would not, you know, don't care for, obviously. But, I mean, you take the good with the bad, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But <clears throat> the thing is now, um, it's uh, a person wants to get out and explore your garden and that please stay out of the garden because you just compact the soil and then they just you, you leave it worse than what it was. You so, mean because it's wet and, and yeah. it compacts, right? Right. Exactly. And then you compress, there's no oxygen there. So give the chan- the garden a chance or the crops a chance to recover. I was reading the article in the Free Press this morning about the crops and, and you know, some of them are just gone. Well, yeah, because the, you know, I was talking about that yesterday. If we get rain, is it going to be in time? But it sounds like for some corn, especially, it was too late. Yeah. On the poor ground, if you had ground that was sandy and that, you know, it just had already used up all that deep brown water, and this just wasn't enough. But, um, you know, let's hope that the farmers had other fields that did better, and and their soybeans, they said, it might have been more timely for the soybeans. So so there's a little um, bit of light at the end of the tunnel, so. Well, I'm hoping it was in time. Barb, you were, you and Dave did a little trip out. I was uh, working at the garden on the weekend, so you came out to the house, and uh, you saw my second crop. I had planted some green beans, I planted some radishes, and some cucumbers, and I hadn't watered them. Boy, they look pretty sad, so maybe... Maybe they'll have a chance. I don't know. Oh, sure. You know, as a matter of fact, we were exploring some of your trees between yourself and your neighbor, and you had this one big tall tree, and very striking, very good looking, and you were wondering what the name was. And I didn't know either. It had nice kind of rough bark on it. Mm -hmm. So I took two nuts back with me, and I went and I talked to a person who was really an expert on nut trees. Okay. And he said, he said, your tree is a bitter hickory. Oh, you know, now that you say that, I was thinking when we had a tree, because I, I didn't remember what the name was before, but way back when we had somebody come, and I, I think he said that, and I don't know anything about bitter hickories, because I didn't, re- well, I didn't plant it, so. Okay, they call it a bitter hickory because squirrels don't eat those nuts. Oh, so <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of nuts, let me tell you. Yeah, and that's why, because the squirrels aren't taking them and burying oh. them. But now, if we were a zone five, we could grow uh, a shagbark hickory, which is the bark is is much rougher than that, and those the uh, the squirrels do eat. So now, is that a native then, or uh, this one is? Yes, this okay. bitter hickory. Okay. Yeah, it is. It is, and it's got great shape. I mean, it looks great. Um, you know, I think I would save it. Well, yeah, I, I saw it, and you know, and I, that's one I really like because it's kind of in a strategic point in my my hosta bed, which you saw that I put in over 125 hostas this past right. 
uh, summer and and the they're actually looking pretty good yeah and you know they're probably you need that because then the your land drops down and right. and you need those roots in there to secure the the hillside for you so you know I, I, I don't think I would take it. I mean, who cares if the squirrels don't like the nuts? Well, I picked them up seeds. So so there was hundreds of thousands of nuts. And so I personally uh, put them all in buckets, like five-gallon buckets. I had a lot of them. But and I was looking to see, can you eat those nuts? And it says they're indeed edible, but uh, some species of hickory nuts taste better than others. So yeah. This one, not good at all. Maybe that's why it's called bittersweet. Yeah, yeah, very, very bitter, yes. Yeah, so or bitter nut, I should say. Ba- yeah. yeah, right. A lot of times, they, some of those have tannic acid, and you have to know how to leach that out of them. And oh. um, so don't go fooling around with anything like that. You don't want to get sick. Well, I just put them in in the compost pile and yeah yeah we'll have a lot of trees growing now <laughs> it, it might be one of those things you would take to third avenue I, well actually i did to the the, the yeah, co- yeah. city compost yep, right exactly exactly you know i i uh, went home and i thought you know i have to assess my garden here now <clears throat> i am i getting too big for my britches here Uh-oh. and and i thought <laughs> gee you know um I've been just sitting and reflecting on how much time I spent outside. I mean, it was like there's no choice. You have to go out and water. You have to put in more mulch. You have to make more compost. You have to, you know, you're kind of in this cycle where you can't stop because well that's where i am too i've got you know two places and um right and it's a constant right yeah so i would encourage all of our listeners if you've got any kind of a garden whether it's a combination of perennials annuals and shrubs um you know assess that and think as time goes by am i going to be able to maintain this i think barb's talking to me (gasps) I, I'm talking to myself because my oh, okay. husband already told me, he said, you know, Barb, if you can't do this anymore, he said, I can't do it. And I, and I said, I know, I know. Your your knees don't work that good and the, oh. and the muscles out of the if one way. If only we could have started with gardens like this when we were in our 20s. Yes. You know, but, but you have to start somewhere. And so it's been this learning process. So anybody who's younger listening, I couldn't afford the plants back then. Right. I didn't have the knowledge back then. Right. either and i didn't have enough to have the land yeah so, yeah. yeah yeah that that is so true but you can be happy i i i, I can be happy with with um, not expanding anymore and maybe taking out some things that are more fussy that i have to stake and prune and but do i don't like want to replace it with grass though uh, what no. i'm trying to do is no. replace things with natives so yes. maybe instead of the grass i'll put in some clovers or things sure. because i want to be sure. sustainable yeah you know um i was over to our friend barb Maher's. she called me up and she said i want you to take a look at this native plant it is eight feet tall oh and blooming what is it um well I didn't have anything to write the name down oh. on. <laughs> and I spent time talking and playing with the dog. And by the time I got home, it had completely left. So I will find <laughs> out what it is. And she said she was going to save seed for me. She said, anybody that's got a fence like you do, this would be absolutely great. Is it a... Uh invasive though it's a no it is native so it doesn't uh, get aggressive so to speak yeah yeah it's very very tall um it it just it's just a nice plant it it's as tall as if you were growing sunflowers it's it's tall like that okay it branches out so it has 
really. Sure. And she said she's had this in her garden for a long time, but a neighbor took out a tree, which was blocking the sunlight, and now this thing just shot up and started oh, growing. Oh, so it needed more sun. Yeah, 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 it did. It did. So it's a sun-loving plant. It's something that... Uh, I, I think you could keep a lot of seeds on that through the winter. And um, I was um, talking to another friend of mine, and she said, you know, uh, like on the cone flowers, like the finches are coming now, and mm-hmm. they're taking petals and that. And she said, in the winter time, she said, leave those up. And they're sturdy, and they stick up the above, the, above the snow, right, the cone flowers. Right. And they stick up above the snow. And she said... The birds that are that stay around the winter, they will clean those up for you. Well, do you know what love loves the uh, the finches also love is my salvia that when they you know they're purple, but when the they dry, right. they got those seed heads, and a lot of times I'll cut them off, but I leave some because the finches just absolutely adore them. Yeah, 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 and, and that's but they reseed too easily, so sometimes yeah. that's why I cut some back. Yes, I agree, but I hadn't thought about this before. I always thought you know at the end of the season, then if I cut things back. In the fall, then I don't have to do it in the next spring. But leaving those up, and as long as they can stand up and support themselves, they don't buckle under it. I think that's a good idea. Makes good food for them. I did go down to the lakeshore uh, this past week and did some weeding down there, but I also cut off some of the seed heads because some of those natives can reseed and it can get yeah. too thick. So yeah. I there were some things that I did, and I've still got a lot blooming. That's the cool thing is I planted things that will continue blooming. i got great blue lobelia. I've got the turtle head. I've got the Joe pieweed is still blooming. Sure. And a lot of those, the dense blazing star. <clears throat> so and that's so important to have late blooming things Right. For the pollinators. And w- another thing, uh, this week uh, we had the Lake Washington Improvement Association had a water quality committee meeting. And we were talking about the quality of the, the water in the lake. And that was one of the things they said that you can do. And they were encouraging, you know, how can we encourage more people around the lake to put that buffer of native sure. plants? Because uh, there are some people who will mow right up to the edge, mm. right to the rock. And any of those grass clippings or anything that goes in, that is what adds to that phosphorus load. And I think the we had a, there was a, an engineer there who actually did work for the Lake Washington Improvement Association to assess, you know, the quality of water. And uh, f- at least 5% comes directly from the home surrounding the lake. I mean, sure. just a 5% improvement could mean a huge right. amount right. Uh, in terms of cleaning the water off. But a lot of that is from drainage of, uh, mm-hmm. when you have the drainage from farm tiles and things like that. And so that's why, right. um, you know, do your part if you can put some, some sure. little buffer in and there. And you know, um, years ago, when all the homes out there had uh, septic systems, oh. you had even a bigger problem. Right. So when you got on the, the sewer lines, that really helped enormously. And now this idea of, uh, we used to just call them rain gardens, right. so that we had them stopping things. But I'll tell you one thing with a rain garden or a pollinator garden, um, the one that we have up um, off on uh, uh, let's see what victory th- victory drive right. that has just become overgrown with there's a weed that has come in there oh. and because one year they didn't burn it and that one you, we always to keep the weeds out and prevent them from growing we always burn it early in the spring and last year they didn't do that and now we've got 
we've got to get in there and just work and, and weed those out by hand. So uh, there is some work involved. But well, when the most controlled of, burns are important. And like you said, in 2020, that was missed. So, I mean, that probably was the big reason. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But when you have a smaller garden on your own property like that, if you just check it out and know that you're going to have some weeds coming in, uh, go ahead. And if you have something that, like you say, if it's it's one particular plant and it can, um, it can just reseed and take over the whole right. thing, then you're missing the point too because you need always need that diversity in the garden right it's like anything else diversity in people diversity in plants and yeah. and you know we i interviewed somebody from the city a while ago about the the uh, emerald ash borer and they were talking about how how they made the mistake again after all the dutch elm disease and then they planted all the ash trees thinking oh this is a great tree well you know what it isn't. So now that's such an important thing is planting that diversity. You know, the uh, Japanese anemone was blooming in your garden, a pink. and I it, had a Japanese anemone? Yes, it's tall. It's in, towards the front of your house there. It's uh, circular. That's, that's a Japanese anemone. It is? <clears throat> yes, it is. Yes. Oh, and well, I didn't know I had I, one. And I have that in my garden, and it is doing really great now, too. Until we really, the rain started and the heat wasn't so intense all of a sudden it just it 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 just just bloomed all over the place so i'm really really happy about that do you know what else is coming <coughs> back now that it's cool again and a little moisture are the grape hyacinths of the muscari yes because they usually of course they die off in the summer they're the little spring flowers i don't know if they bloom again they might no oh, no they, they don't oh they, they won't they're just um building up more energy oh, okay. for next spring and the thing that's so important about the uh those is that you mark them so <laughs> when they disappear <laughs> because it's right in the front of your garden that you don't plant over them but yeah they're they're doing they're looking really great well that brings <coughs> up another one that disappears is that naked lady or the mystery lily yes the one that has beautiful foliage in the spring so nice and thick and then it disappears and then the flowers just shoot up of course now those are all done right when is a good time to transplant those? Because I've got some that are located under my hardy hibiscus, which has kind of taken over that area. And should I dig them? Now, they're done blooming. Right, I know where they are because right. the stocks are still there. Is now a good time to dig up those bulbs? You know, I have done that, and I have also done it in the spring. Okay. If you, if you know where they're growing, you can do it. You probably have more time now to organize a place for them to improve the soil, give them good drainage, and put them in. And, and they're just like a, a tulip or any spring bulb would be. You know, they have to establish, reestablish themselves. So now would be an okay time yeah, to do that? Yeah, it absolutely would. Be. As a matter of fact, I have a hydrangea. It's tarva, and it's it's gorgeous. It And it, and it gets so wide and comes out into the perennial bed. Mm -hmm. And it covered um a group of these painted ladies or naked ladies yeah that's what my my hibiscus did yeah yeah and and so but they bloomed i took the branch and i kind of tied it up so that you know it wouldn't be touching on these blooms oh. but it did well but now i have to dig those and you'll be surprised maybe you had six or eight blooms but wait till you see the number of bulbs you've got piled up underneath there well, i together. think i got a few from you a number of years ago and yes since yep. multiplied a lot yeah they're just a great plant i really love it and this morning in i have this um, planter by my back door facing north and and i've got uh, several kind of shady things in there i've got uh, fern and i've got uh, um uh uh 
begonias, the tuber begonias, mm-hmm. and and impatience. And this morning, I had the uh, uh, lily that's called rain lily. Now, what is the rain lily? It's and I and I don't know the exact name because it was given to me, but it 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 has a wonderful pink. Um, bell kind of flower on it and very thin stalks on it that it grows on it's not hardy you have to take oh. it in and uh, but it's it's gorgeous it, it says they are part of the zephyranthus robusta um okay uh, pla- zephyranthus type robusta that, yeah zephyranthus. it there sounds you like you would think it would be something really big but it isn't yeah rain lily plants and uh so those are bulbs you have to dig up to kind of like you do the glass yes, and all those other yes. things and and with them or fairy lily that's yeah uh, what i found is best is with them that you uh put them in a container in the soil in a pot don't let them dry out because they do dry out easily yep right so there it was, you know, the rain had brought it on. It was just, we were having breakfast and David said, wow, there's another plant blooming in there. I said, really? I had to go out and check it out. So yeah, it's just nice when things like that happen. And we're going to see the lawn start to green up again. And, you know, yes. we haven't really mowed very much. I was thinking no. how much, how few times we have actually had to fill the, the gas containers out, you know, for the lawnmowers. Right. And it's been very few, but that'll come back. And the weeds are going to come back with a vengeance too. But, yeah. you know, we'll just mow them off before they go to seed. You know, um, the knotweed, I don't know if you know what the knotweed oh, looks like, yeah. but that happens to be with the rain. It started blooming now. It's going to make seed. And I have been taking a chunk every day oh. and weeding a certain chunk just because they're going to make seed and I don't want that to happen but that is one of those things it, the root is about it can be 8 to 10 each inches deep now you're talking knotweed or the spurge no I'm talking knotweed okay. and and you pull straight up on it to get it out it grows and it flops over on the grass Okay. Yep. it's very fine leafed uh, uh, plant and I've been dealing with it for years and years. Oh, yeah. And, I just, I don't like it. It'll grow along the sidewalk, between the, the sidewalk and the grass. Any place like that that's so marginal. Between rocks, anything, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and it's still a little early to do things like, um, you know, fall f- is the best time to fertilize your lawn. Yes. It's you're, still uh, early to do that, right. but if you're going to do it, do it once and do it in the fall. Yes, and and really don't fertilize uh, like your roses or things like that. Things are actually working to uh, to become dormant. Yeah, yeah, become dormant, and they do this slowly. And you know, it's so funny because we're so aware of our iris. Our iris go dormant in July, right. and we know it's a good time to move them around in that. But we don't fertilize them. But take roses, and people think, "Well, God, now maybe I I watered this so much, maybe I better put some fertilizer in here." But it it doesn't really need well, that. Or they start to look a little sad because <coughs> sure. they are going dormant. So yeah, do not be right. fertilizing any plants. I still add uh, a weakened. A solution of a fertilizer to my containers because yeah. they don't, you know, they're going to annuals anyway, so they're going to yeah, be done. Yeah, exactly. That's true, and it does like the nitrogen because they're growing so fast; it washes out. So that that is a good thing to do. Yeah, right. But <clears throat> it's um, it, uh, it, despite everything, we had a phenomenal vegetable garden. We lost one thing. We tried growing cucumbers uh, three times. And they weren't successful. They really? they got something each time. Oh. And so now, 
here about uh, oh, about maybe a month ago or three weeks ago, David planted some seeds and in a different spot again. And their plants, the vines are growing, but they that's the way it was last time too. And then as soon as they got they started flowering in that, um, they got a virus. Now, I have that with anything with squash. I have never been able to grow squash. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it gets, in fact, that nice uh, hosta la pasta stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It grows and it gets beautiful leaves and it's, it starts the fruits and then all the vines die. Wow. And I've had that in different sites. You know, I, you know, you rotate and things like that. So I don't know if it's a, I'm really not sure. But, yeah, right. But, but just anything with vines. So sure. I must have something in the soil that. Or, or you have an insect that's tracking it around, you know, like the True. cucumber um, uh, beetle. That thing, that, that brings a disease with it. So. I guess yeah. I'll just have to get those things at the farmer's market because some things I've just decided, yeah. you know what, it's I just agree. not worth my wasting yeah. my time. And you know what, after several years of raising uh, bell peppers, hot peppers, yeah. different kinds of peppers, this is the best year we've ever had in, in getting things to turn bright red and be sweet rather than the green and using it that way. That's been really nice. The, the tomatoes from our five plants David's been picking every other day oh. <laughs> or every third day about 20 pounds oh my then <clears throat> he's been dehydrating and i've been canning yesterday i made a recipe that i thought maybe my kids would like and it's a um, tomato apple chutney and it has spices in it and it has onion in it and you would use it as an accompaniment for maybe different kinds of meats or things like that. And um, in the book, in my uh, recipe book, it says it tastes great on hamburgers. So, and those are great. <coughs> what great things at the end of summer to use all that yes. stuff up. You know, it's re- you know how my son Blake likes to cook and stuff. So he said to me, he goes, Mom, you know, maybe next year we can plant a salsa garden and he's never really taken any interest in gardening sure. and all of a sudden he's thinking well i've got tomatoes but mom we're going to need to grow this and some hot peppers because i've generally grow the sweet peppers sure. so i just think that's so cool that all of a sudden at 14 he's taking an interest in gardening because it's something that he wants absolutely. to create yeah. absolutely and you know when i was teaching summer school when i was teaching gardening that was one of the kids said when we when we decided on what they wanted and they wanted hot peppers because they wanted salsa okay. so um, I was talking to my friend, and she said, you know, boy, have things ever changed for kids? Kids, that's something they would never have eaten before. No, right. Yeah, so yeah. so things have changed. And uh, if you're going to think about planting tulips, now's the time to order your bulbs yes. because they will run out. And, and you and I were chatting about uh, bulb catalogs and things like that. Or, Right. Yeah, and oh, there's um, also local places have the bulbs as well yes, so you can yeah, get them there yeah. but for variety sometimes you need to buy yep. them from a catalog yes. you know that is the thing that i have found sometimes you don't need more of what you've already got you just need a few um new introductions of the same uh, uh variety you know the i can hear dave saying now barb you don't need any more new plants yeah, yeah right? i know i know but my son says oh mom <laughs> you know you need to you need to get this from yeah and i'm just thinking oh yeah i do i i need that and my daughter will say the thing same thing oh mom you know uh these lilies are just boy this would look great in your garden i'm saying oh yeah yeah i, I need that there's no doubt about it i should get that 
So well, as you Cobra coming out to my my house, we were talking about. I'm saying, well, you know, this is a little big for this spot. Maybe I'll replace it with something else, and that usually happens. But I'm getting better about finding things and reading the labels beforehand because yes. a lot of times you'll see it and I've seen this so much like they'll, they'll see this beautiful little blue spruce tree or something and they'll put it right next to the house and it's really cute the first few years and then it yeah. starts to get overgrown and you end up cutting it down yeah yeah and the other thing that we have to think about now is with climate warming things really um, nobody can tell you exactly when the first um, frost is coming or or how much rain we're going to get it's really um, it's not as predictable as it was before. So you well, want... Like last year, I mean, I, I think wasn't it last <laughs> year that we ended up with things freezing a lot earlier than they had in the we past? Did. So yeah. all of a sudden I'm like, I had all these plans and couldn't do it. Yeah, right. And so when you start thinking about, well, sure, I can take these things in. I can move them <laughs> to the porch, you know. Oh, no, no, got really cold. And then what's so tricky about it is sometimes you'll get a hard frost and then it'll warm up again. And then you wonder, okay. Now can I do it? Yeah, now can I? Or if I had covered it more, would it be safe? So I do like planting seeds, though. I planted more seeds for annuals this year. And when you direct sow them in the garden, they come up later. And so when parts of your garden are just kind of, um, they, they're they there, but there's no color coming just out of there. Of yeah. There's nothing for the for the butterflies. Then there they are. I've got some really nice zinnias that I think I, I like zinnias, and and they're one of the easiest plants to do. And my grandmother in Three River Falls, she grew grew rows and rows of zinnias, and she would let you pick a bouquet, and that is such a nice memory about her. In fact, we were walking doing a walk last night, and I saw somebody that had zinnias, and I didn't put any in this year, and I said to Jeff, I'm going to plant zinnias next year because they're easy and they're yes. they're long lasting into the fall, they are. and yeah. Yeah, so. and you know, clean up, you, you can pull them out, and um, you could actually bury the leaves as long as it's not diseased. You yeah, know? I don't know, pow- no, right. um, sometimes they get the powdery mildew. Yeah, yeah, if you get that. But you know what? That is something, oh boy, knock on wood, I have not oh. seen in my garden. But what I have seen is um, with the hollyhocks, you cut them back, right. you know, you get that first spike, and then it starts shoot, uh, uh, shooting up a, a second spike. And I, I've got rust on those. Ooh. I had I cut all of them off. And rust it is uh, a, a fungus. Right. So, so the air. Uh, you want to get that out of your garden. You don't want to put that in your compost pile. And you don't want to let it just stand there. I don't know that it transfers onto a lot of other things. But believe you me, I'm not taking any chances. No. <laughs> It's, it's too much work to take care of it, Lee. Yeah, nasty looking stuff. All right. Well, it's always great to have you on, Barb. And uh, enjoy the rain this weekend because hey. uh, our guards are going to love it. And, and yeah. we can maybe take a little break. Yes, yes, absolutely. I agree. Do something fun. Read a book. All right. Thanks, Barb. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, it is one minute past 10, and you are listening to a Minnesota Morning in the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin, online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato. Big ideas and real 